32 of Gaming Fix on this August 11th or 12th, depending on what part of the world you're in. Uh, My name is Andre Cole, aka your girl's favorite Sega Game Gear game. Coming at you, joined by Alex Galinas. Hey, I encourage you to check out my Dead Cells review. Totally didn't steal it. (laughs) Uh, Partially plagiarized, Allison. Uh, check out my review of the GameCube handle, which I did not plagiarize at all. No, oh, okay. Well, that's good. And our best boy, uh, Pat. <laughs> I actually have reviews that I did for my professional career that I could tell you about, but I won't because then I would have to kill you and then uh, people would know where I work. Out of order. Well, that's very good. Uh, we're here to talk. I don't know. I, I don't think we'll talk about that plagiarism stuff. That's oh, yeah. That it's a lot's been said. He got fired. Justice was served. It keeps coming, man. Keeps, and then, and then Colin Moriarty invited him to his podcast or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Big surprise. The dipshit wants to associate with a dipshit. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. I, I mean, I feel like everything's already been said and, and done. He was fired. More plagiarism keeps coming out. Like yep. His FIFA review and then also Metroid, Samus Returns, whatever. Uh, okay. Uh, anyway, we're here to talk about good games, happy games. I didn't know. And not how, plagiarize this live chat. Uh, this entire conversation has actually been word for word plagiarized from another podcast. Sorry, uh, Waypoint. <laughs> Yeah. Uh-huh. Peace. Some real similar formats. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, well, we're going to talk about some games and hopefully not plagiarize anything. Uh, so let's let's hear what Alex has to say for himself this week. Oh, man. I don't know if I can defend myself in a court like this, but what I can do is talk about a video game, which is an early access on Steam. So, this is a video game known by the name of Spy Party, and it has been in Ah. early access for quite some time, but they've recently done some big updates, and it looks like it's Mm -hmm. on its way out. And if you've never seen Spy Party, the very basic version is it's basically The Sims meets Hitman. So, it looks like The Sims, but, you know, you're trying to commit murder and do stuff in secret. Um, As mentioned, early access, 1v1 competitive game, so... One person chooses a character on this in or sorry in this room, which is filled with up to twenty five people, uh, the people being NPCs. So they choose one of these potential characters, and then they act as though they are an NPC among all the others. And their goal is to complete a f- uh, series of tasks, stuff like place a bug on the ambassador or replace the statue, or you know, random stuff. They have to get it all done. So if they can complete all their tasks within a certain time limit, ooh, then they win, and they get a little wind chime like that. So 
Uh, <laughs> I was totally planned to be that. Thank you. <laughs> it's Not a good thing fault. mine didn't go off. It's the Tim Allen grunt. So, <laughs> uh, so the other player in the one v one, he acts as like a sniper outside the room, and he only he or she only has one bullet. So they're observing the party and watching all the NPCs and trying to figure out which one of them is actually the human. And then if they figure it out, they shoot them. And then they either win or they lose. Uh, if they're right, they win. If they don't, they lose. So I would actually say it's way harder for the shooter because, dang, man, those NPCs do some seemingly random crap. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, oh, yeah, that totally looks like something a human would do. But no, it's just NPCs being weird. Uh, I think like the arc of like progression in that game from a skill perspective is definitely like when you first start, it seems way too hard for that, uh, spy. Mm. And then after a while, it seems way too hard for the shoot for the sniper. And then eventually you realize that actually it's pretty fucking well balanced. <laughs> it, it is decently well balanced and it's just there's... a hard game to play for either side. Yeah. Like the, the nice thing is that there's some tools for the shooter. So like he's observing all these, 20 well 12 to 25 people and he can do things like uh okay it's definitely not this person so just kind of like unhighlight them so they're just kind of like a shadow uh or they can mark one person as being suspicious so they can kind of follow that one in the periphery of their vision while also kind of looking at other people so i thought that was that was at least helpful um one of my favorite things is that there's a way to just continue continually state the words banana bread over and over so, you know, I'm super into that. <laughs> I don't know. What's um, great is that it's, it's still the original recording that he made of banana bread in like a shitty microphone. Oh, yeah. It sounds terrible. I love it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, I don't know. It's, it's a really, really good game if you're playing with a friend. And mm -hmm. it does have online matchmaking. So uh, you can potentially m meet with a rando. So you won't know anything about them or their play style, which is kind of cool. But unfortunately, you're really, really unlikely to find a match because the max recorded consecutive player count, I actually did research on this one, was at, it capped at about 400. And on average, it's about 50 players. And most of those people are already playing a game with someone else. So yeah, it'll be a tough yeah. time. Um, I don't know. Overall, I think the game is really neat, but also it feels pretty slight. Like after about five to 10 rounds, you feel like you've done pretty much everything. And yeah. Like it, eh, eh. but like the 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 bigger problem with that is the fact that it's twenty five bucks. So if it if this was a ten dollar game, it would be a pretty easy recommendation for like a party game. But for twenty five bucks, it's kind of hard to recommend. It's interesting yeah. because the people who are really into that game, um, I wonder if there's concurrence actually takes into account. I wonder if you can still play it off Steam. So this game's been available for about ten years um <laughs> roughly I'm, yeah i'm not exaggerating it's been around for roughly that long it's been in development for roughly that long it's long it's one uh developer with i think one uh art person now um and uh it only recently got the new art style before it looked like really 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 uh polygonal just like junk kind of characters models and what's funny is like i haven't really played it I doubt I've played it much more than you have, Alex, overall. I've had access to it for a long time, but I kind of ducked in and out, and it only got matchmaking recently. For a while, it was like you had to message people to ask them to play, and I just never wanted to do that to strangers. Um, but uh, 
a lot of people who are like big defenders of it will say that it's like incredibly deep, incredibly skill, like super high skill cap, like really, really great, like esports potential. I mean, I don't think it actually has that, but like people saying that like it's it's like StarCraft levels of these games could be super. And, and I don't mean that as like one or two people. I'm saying like that is the pitch for the game is that it is an incredibly deep mind like battle of wits and minds between two people uh so i think it's interesting to hear that you were finding it to be kind of shallow because the the i don't really i haven't played it enough to really have an opinion one way or the other but definitely when you hear people talk about it they're they talk about it in like hushed tones of like this game is brilliant it just people don't get it yet or whatever i mean i think it's really well made like um it has a feature where immediately after a round you can watch a replay of it and you can kind of like click through an event list of everything that's happened like mm-hmm. you can see the sniper marked this person at this minute mark and like the the spy interacted with this person at this minute mark and stuff like that so you can like step through and see every individual thing so if you're looking at esports potential sure it kind of has that there but I feel like it does not have enough going on to be real esports though like there's a grand total of like 10 different things you can do as a spy <laughs> but then isn't like the amount of stuff to like change like you like some you have to do like five things some you have to do like three things yep. but you have the same list that you can do like those things sorry what was the last thing you were cut off there uh, no uh you sent you there's like a list and you can still do any of those things right but you, it's yeah. i don't know you have to do all of them uh sorry from uh what is chosen of your list Oh no, sorry, you're right. There is there are rounds where it's pick three of like five. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if that's what you mean. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Okay. Well, if the community really does rally behind it, then I guess my experience is slightly different. But I mean, especially if there's only fifty people playing it concurrently right now. I haven't really followed it since it came out. Um that's indicates that maybe that community is too far up its own ass. I don't know. I haven't <laughs> really invested enough time to figure it out. I mean, I, I do think that there is some potential for it. I don't know how much long-lasting, certainly. And I don't think it's going to ever be like, you know, we're going to see Spy Party at Evo or anything. But I know that I, I've never played it. Um, I've always kind of balked at that $25 price tag. But I do really like watching people play it. Um, a few months ago, um, the Giant Bomb Crew did a big play of it and i was like that was so exciting to me because I, I i love them and i love watching people play spy party so i think mm-hmm. that it could be a game that has some spectator potential i don't know if it's 100 percent there yet to be necessarily an e-sport but uh, I, I mean i do enjoy watching people play it so i think it has potential in that regard totally yeah i think it's a well-made game i just don't think i love it it's totally that is fair, fair. Uh, speaking of well-made games that you don't love, Black Ops 4? Oh, I don't think I don't love that game. I think it's actually pretty good. Um, sorry, just give me a second. I'm switching our scenes. There we go. So, uh, Pat, I know you talked about it. Or sorry, you played yeah. a bit of it this week. Uh, if I can just jump in real quick, there's some changes from last week that I thought were pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I'll just ignore everything I said last week, and then uh so cheska and i played a bunch of it and the two things that it brought are a lot of balance changes and a whole new game mode and like i mean whole new game mode to the series and i thought it was really kind of 
interesting. Uh, it's called Heist, and it's kind of like a mixture of Counter-Strike and Capture the Flag. So you start each round by buying your weapons, your equipment, like armor, stuff like that. And uh, that's based on cash that you get from the previous rounds, whether you won or you lost. Uh, And then if you die, you're dead for the round, just like Counter-Strike. But the goal isn't like place bomb or whatever. The goal, which is a uh, search and destroy, sorry. Mm -hmm. Uh, The goal is to capture a flag, which is actually just like a bag of money. And then the person holding them has to bring that to an extraction zone. And then you have to hold that extraction zone for like one second in the early rounds and then like 10 seconds in the later rounds. So it's, it's actually really good. (laughs) Like I would say it's actually super fun. Uh, though we did encounter like as with any online multiplayer game, some problems where our teammates would like rage quit or whatever. And then it would just be impossible because if you're in the latter rounds, they don't add new players. So if you're suddenly three V five, it's almost impossible to win, <laughs> which I found to be kind of a bummer. But I think yeah. if you get a five stack or whatever, it's super great. I would think too, that they could, if that becomes a chronic problem, they could institute a more harsh, like leaving game penalties. Yeah. So it's like, this is going to be your last game of the night. If you rage, if you've quit three or four matches in the last five, six days, this is going to be your last game for, 24 hours if you quit yep. it or if they had like a ranked mode or something like that then if there's like an mmr yeah. associated with it or whatever then yeah they would say okay too. you're automatically losing 25 mmr or whatever the case might be so anyways that that game mode is actually really worth playing so i think there's an open beta going on right now so if you wanted to try it you could get in on it um yeah. how much of like the people leaving do you think is associated with it being a beta and like maybe connection drops or like network stuff it was always at the end of a round that we had lost so i would say it was not connection (laughs) yeah it seemed Uh, incredibly stable while i was playing it too so yeah um so last week i had let's say if i played 50 rounds which isn't actually accurate i probably had like two connection drops the entire time uh this time i have yet to have a connection drop so it's pretty stable especially for a beta um but yeah the other change they had was some balance changes and like i'm not going to get into it friggin like list of balance changes like that's the uh nintendo direct a month or two ago but um one of our cheska and i's favorite abilities got a big buff and there's a character class uh where he basically carries like a mini nuclear reactor on his back and his special ability is that he can open it up and expose everyone to radiation for like five seconds which does both damage over time uh to enemy players and it also takes away their ability to heal for 20 seconds which is really the worst but it's it's actually a really great ability yeah (laughs) it just sucks when you can't heal but Mm -hmm. uh but yeah so that that ability got a huge buff like it does way more damage and it it lasts longer so and i think it also has a bigger range but the best part about when that character's doing it is it looks like he's farting like really hard and he's like waves are coming out of him and stuff like that so Cheska just kept playing that character over and over again and laughing every time she started doing that saying like check it out i'm farting and then she actually made a gameplay video a montage video of her doing it and like getting play of the game with her farts and dubbing it with fart sound effects so it's pretty I, funny i recommend that video <laughs> hmm well, recommendations for Call of Duty Black Farts Four. I will say, <laughs> I will say, unfortunately, if you search Black Ops Four Farts, you do not get that video at the top. 
That's okay. I don't she, know if it was just posted on Facebook or I believe for now it is just posted on Facebook. You do get a strange number of uh, videos with thumbnails with women in them, like in underwear. I don't really understand that at all, but whatever, <laughs> whatever you're into, I guess. Uh, farts are your thing. Um, I will say too, the PC port of that game seems pretty solid. Um, it plays pretty sublime. Like it, it works really, really well. Um, it, I also think I like it a lot. I like the concepts. It seems the thing I'm finding that I hate the most about world war two. I'm still not, don't regret buying it for as cheap as I bought it, but like that HQ stuff is not good. The amount of like, you don't even have to run around it anymore. It's all menus now, but the amount of garbage in that game is just, there's so many like this pack that unlocks this attachment and this attachment doesn't do anything. It's just cosmetic. And like, I hate it. I think like skins are great. A little bit of weapon customization is great, but I like the way that, at least in the beta, hopefully it stays this way. Black Ops 4's menus are very clean, and it's just like create a class and very limited cosmetic stuff and, you know, pick your, look at the different character types, and that's it. And then just queue for a match. And I think that's really appealing. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I'm pretty excited for it now. I also love the way that you can see people's health bars. I don't know if that's, I don't remember if that was in Black Ops 3. It's definitely not in World War 2. Uh, I don't I think th- it's in World War 2. I think it was in Black Ops 3. I can't remember for yeah. sure, though. It it looks real. It's really satisfying, and it looks really good. Um, and, like, the way they, like, the health bars, like, flash as they take damage. I don't know. There's a lot of really great, like, this feels good to play stuff in that game, um, which I'm pretty excited about. Uh, if you could play that, like discreetly with mouse and keyboard on a ps4 or an xbox one and then just like run over fools would you do that instead of pc no i don't think so it runs really well on pc um it looks incredibly nice on pc uh it's and the if any if i have any issues with it it's really in the balance i think there's some balance stuff they still have to work on i don't know you would know better than me alex i because i didn't play that much of black ops 3 multiplayer um I would hope that they're committed to continuing to work on balance and stuff pretty hardcore after launch. Um, it doesn't seem like they've taken much time to work on the balance of world war two. Uh, it seems like it's still pretty like, and again, it's still a fun game to jump in and just like blow off some steam with, but I wouldn't take it. I don't take it seriously at all. Um, Cause it doesn't seem like it's that well balanced, but I found that the only time in black ops four in the like five rounds I played earlier, uh, I was getting really frustrated at that one sniper rifle. That's kind of like an op. Um, it was very, I don't know if it's more of a PC issue, but like, it seems like it's a one shot kill no matter where they hit you or if they hit you like above the belt or something. Cause it was very much like I would be running, I would see someone. And by the time I had iron sighted, I was dead because, and then I would watch the kill cam and the kill cam was like, Oh, it hit you in the shoulder or whatever, and it didn't even indicate that I was a headshot, and it like kill you in one hit. That was pretty brutal. Uh, I also think the armor perk seems kind of like bullshit, but oh yeah, everybody's been complaining about the armor perk, which basically adds like a hundred extra health to you uh, effectively. Yeah, which is so a lot. I think 
but the core feel of the game is really good. So as long as they're willing to like work on those balance issues, I don't see it being an issue. And I'm really interested in that blackout mode. Now, the more I think about it at first, when I heard about it, I thought it was just kind of like, I don't want another battle Royale game, but the more I think about it, the idea of it being kind of a greatest hits of black ops maps with weapons from across the series sounds kind of fun. And you were saying about, uh, if they want to keep balance on it. So Black Ops 3 received a balance patch and as well as uh, like extra maps, I think for free, as recently as like within the past six months. That's cool. And, I and assume that, that that's... Yeah, that game is yeah. years old. So Yep, cool. Yeah, so they're taking good care of it. And I would, I think Treyarch is probably the studio I would trust most with actually, you know, taking care of a game years after it's been released. I'm actually pleased that it doesn't have single player. I realize the thing now, like it's great that they don't have to make any narrative justification for why things are the way they are in multiplayer. I was thinking about it while you were describing heist. Like they don't have to justify that with like some heist thing in the story. It's just like this mode is in the game because it doesn't matter because there's no story in this game anyway. <laughs> and Absolutely. I think that's kind of great. Allison, do you have any intention to try this game? Um, maybe I'll give it a shot. I, I'm not really a huge Call of Duty Black Ops fan. I've just never really gotten into it. So I might, if you said that there's like a free open beta, I might give that a shot. But other than that, it's it's not something that I would immediately pay money for, I don't think. Yeah, uh, I think the open beta is this weekend until Monday morning. Yeah, I believe until there's like another open beta also, I think, in September. Oh, okay. uh, for when blackout launches um which is like the i do think it's a little odd that they're charging 60 dollars for this based on what i've heard is in it it seems blackout i hope blackout's really cool if blackout is really cool then that's like justified but i do think it if i would have pre-ordered it early like today if it was 40 dollars <laughs> at 60 dollars it seems a little thin so i don't know I don't know if you'll ever talk Activision off of that cliff, though. No, they won't. Yeah, of course not. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I say this as somebody that's paid that paid full price for Overwatch when it came out, but like a multiplayer only for sixty dollars does sound like and kind of a lot. <laughs> we've talked about it uh, off air, but really, truly, Overwatch was forty dollars on PC when it launched. Like, yeah. It, yeah. you could buy a sixty dollars version, and I am aware that it was sixty bucks on console, but the PC version was $40 as a, at its core price. The only reason it costs $60 on console is because there were licensing fees that had to be paid to the console manufacturers. And so they just, they only released the collector's edition on PS4 and Xbox. So the other thing too, with, with Overwatch is Overwatch is what, three, four years old now. And mm -hmm. they added a new character less than a month ago. So like, Black Ops 4 will not be supported in four years. It may be supported right. with minor balance tweaks and stuff, but there won't be major content additions four years from now. I That's really doubt gonna they're going to add a class or something in like, or sorry, a, a specialist in like a year or two. And there's a season pass for it. So yeah. like, there's a lot of stuff where I'm kind of like, eh, the value proposition is kind of not fantastic, but. Uh, but yeah, core but gameplay, everything like that seems super cool. Yes, very but, good. Hey, Allison. Because yes. mysteriously we've we've lost Andre. Yep. I, I hear you've been playing something that is potentially incredibly satisfying. Uh yeah. Well I've been playing um Wario Gold. I, I've also been playing um 
uh, Octopath Traveler, but I couldn't resist getting Mario Wear Gold on, on launch, um, which has been really, really fun. I don't know if you guys are interested in picking it up since um, it's still a 3DS game, which still which still seems a little bit odd that the that they're like still kind of sticking to their guns of no, we're going to keep releasing 3DS games. It's not dead. And uh, but I, I've been really enjoying it. It's pretty much it's mostly a compilation of various um, of other um, uh, WarioWare games in the past. Uh, but it has some new things added in, and they all all the new things added in feel very good. And the story itself is is loose. Like it's not like a serious story, which you wouldn't really want from a WarioWare game. But it's been really, it's really kind of goofy and silly. Um, and the one thing that kind of strikes me about it is that it feels kind of like an almost an older fashioned kind of game, handheld game with all the like little mini games and little extras that they have thrown in. Um, like for example, one thing that uh, kind of extends the length of the game because really to get through the story mode, um, just kind of running through all the different levels and finishing it takes only a couple of hours, maybe. Um, so to extend it, they have this little like gotcha machine in there. So with the coins that you earn while playing the game, um, you unlock like little extras and there's little, just like all these weird little mini games and extra features that they have. Like for example, um, they've got a bunch of alarm clocks in there, which is a very odd thing for a game to be like, yeah, you can have an alarm clock in your video game, but uh, it, it, it does the thing where you have, where you, um, when you uh, want to turn it off, you have to play a couple of WarioWare games to do it. So that's when kind of awesome. might actually be my new alarm clock. Yeah, I'm but... like, because I am not uh, somebody that wakes up easily in the morning. So forcing me to wake up with WarioWare games might actually be, do the trick. Um, do, but do you know, do you know if there's any connectivity with that? Is it Could it be the new wake-up club? <laughs> I don't know if there's any connectivity, but I don't think there is actually. But but there's also some various achievements you can have that are that are basically called missions. So it's like in this mode, get over forty five, like get a score over forty five, and those get you extra coins. So it kind of cycles in these extra little little features that you can get to really extend the amount of time that you'll be playing this game. Because I mean, all all. I don't think that it's necessarily a bad thing that this isn't a, ter a terribly long game. I mean, none of the WarioWare games have ever really been, they've always been kind of a bit of a, like, try to beat your heart high score at a certain point, but it, it feels like they've really added a lot. Uh, and one of the goofiest modes is basically allows you to dub your voice over. Uh, it, it, it's basically a voice acting mode where you voice act for one of the characters in one of the in-game cutscenes. And it is kind of hilarious. And that sounds so good. Yeah, yeah. And it's one of those things where I, I'm like, oh, am I really going to play this? And then I, like, with all the ones I unlocked, I did it because it was just so kind of charming and silly in a way that most other games really wouldn't think to do that. So I've, I've been really enjoying it a lot. I think it really, if you like WarioWare, I definitely recommend it. It's if if you're not somebody that's always ever been. Uh, convinced by WarioWare. I don't know if it's for you, really, because it's it's basically like, hey, WarioWare fans, this is the perfect game for you. And if you are if you love it, great, then 100% get it. But if you don't, then... Uh, 
it's it's definitely not for you. But I, I think it's just very weird and charming and kind of feels old fashioned handheld game in a weird way, which has been fun. Did did any, did any of DIY make it in there? Can you make your own little ones? No, I I don't think so. I've, at least I haven't seen it. Um, granted, I there's one specific thing that I don't know what it's for, and you can like where you have to collect like 10 separate parts to make something. So I don't know what that's going to end up being. So it very well could be, but from what I've seen, I haven't seen anything from DIY. Okay. I, uh, I think it, I'm, I will, I think I'm probably going to pick this one up. I don't really want to play 3ds games anymore, but because of the nature of the way the games work, I actually, this is one of the few instances where I'm not scratching my head and saying, why not on switch? Um, I know there are people who are, and I know that technically you could do everything with an on-dock switch that this game does, but like, from what I've seen, it just makes way more sense on a 3DS, and I am totally okay with my 3DS just becoming like a WarioWare device that I pull out of a drawer every now and then, because um, the the breadth of like the amount of mini games and stuff in it is the thing that I think is exciting, because I've enjoyed all of those games in the past, but to be able to access like 300 of them all the time is pretty cool. Yeah, and, and they're and they're all really fun. Um, I, I think the ones that really work best for me are they they have a bunch of separate categories for the games. Like these are the sports themed ones, and these are the like daily life themed ones. But the ones that are based off of um, kind of retro Nintendo games are the ones that always kind of like fit best for me. Yeah, yeah. and it's it, it's really fun to make that work. Um, but yeah, I think that there. I think that the, if you like WarioWare, I definitely recommend it, and that there's enough. Um, uh, there's enough stuff that they throw in there, especially with, um, with uh, the various missions, achievements that they have you do, as well as um, you can actually go in and access any mini game or any micro game rather <laughs> that you want at a time, and uh, it has like a target level for you to get to it for it. So if you really want to just like play one game over and over and see how far you can get you can totally do that too and i I feel like they they've done a pretty nice job of throwing in enough to make it feel worthwhile to purchase yeah it seems like a really good archival package of like the last you know however 20 years 25 years of wario where yeah it'd be it'd be nice to see if if they could make a new one for um, for Switch, or at least keep the series alive. Just because I think that there's so much weird charm in this series that I don't want to see the series die. It's uh, especially since it has its own like uh, characters that have been there just only in WarioWare games, and mm-hmm. it, I, I hope that they continue it. But it, it is it is a really nice package. Um, I do kind of wish that they'd. Uh, I, I mean, I, I wish that they would kind of um, make it clear, oh, this is what this game is from, or this is a new game that you haven't seen and make it more kind of archival. Uh, but at the same time, since most of the WarioWare games are kind of focused around a very specific uh, gimmick, I suppose, the first one was, was the standard, and then there's the uh, WarioWare Twisted and Touched. Yeah, it's touched, most, yeah. yeah. And I think it's mostly just those first three, not the DIY, not uh, the weird DSI only one. 
Um, but well, that one wasn't that great. So it was not. <laughs> but but yeah, there, it, it's 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 a nice it's a nice little collection, and I, I've really been enjoying it so far. In between uh, Octopath battles. Yeah. So awesome. I, I'm going to ask you to make Sophie's choice here. Yes. If you had to pick between this compilation and the Rhythm Heaven compilation. Oh my God. On both on 3DS, which one do you think you would go for? Oh. I, that that is like that is a real Sophie's choice. Um, I would <laughs> probably go for for WarioWare. I think it's a nicer package. Um, that said, Rhythm Heaven is really good, and yeah. not enough people have played it. So Rhythm Heaven Mega Mix is also very very good. Agreed. I haven't tried WarioWare, but I'm really I really do want to try it. Unfortunately, my 3DS is currently overseas, so. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the, I, I, I've, I've heard people, I, I don't know how much this is, um, how accurate this is, but I've heard that the sales for WarioWare Gold have been, haven't been great, in part because it's on, a, on the 3DS, but at the same time, I really hope it's not, so that, they, that they're not going, oh, let's not make any more anymore. Yeah, I hope that the takeaway is let's not make any more 3DS games, not let's not make any more WarioWare games. Right. Knowing Nintendo... I don't know. They could take it either way, but right. I definitely think they need to start phasing the 3DS out. I think I really wish they would just be honest and say like, Hey, the 3DS isn't going to last forever. We want to stretch it as long as we can here. We have content planned out for two years. And, but then in 2020, you can expect the 3DS to be sunsetted and we're not going to be releasing new games for it. Um, done. Production stops yeah. early 2020. I still actively really like playing the uh, 3DS, to be perfectly honest. I think it's a really great system. And so sure. part of me is like, oh, I don't know if I want that. But at the same time, put, they have to know at this point that games on this, people want, who have a Switch want games on the Switch. And do, like, doing thing like with, um, like, like with Sushi Striker, where they're still putting games on the 3DS that are on the Switch, it's kind of like, why your market like that way more people have a 3ds That's than true. a switch you know i would be more okay with two of them saying like hey we're not going to release any more 3ds exclusives games that will run on both will come out for both but i don't know it just is like it is a little bit frustrating of kind of a like well i guess i need to have outlet space for both my switch and my 3ds and i need to keep them both charged and i need to put both of them in my bag because nintendo is just going to run with both of them forever even though they don't really connect at all they feel like totally different platforms i don't know it's kind of weird they are in like every way so exactly yeah no right um it would just be nice if like like I, I could see a beautiful world where like you buy WarioWare Gold with your Nintendo account and then, you know, 250 of the games are playable on your Switch so you can blow them up on your TV nice and big. And then you could also have it on your 3DS. And when you take it on the train on the 3DS, everything's playable because there's stuff that can't be done on the Switch or whatever. Like, I don't know. I just, I wish that they would integrate that stuff more. It's not like it hasn't been shown how it can be done integrating like a quote home console with a handheld. So I don't know. Hmm. So to Pat, you just want fewer consoles so you can sit and be happy with them. 
Yeah, exactly. Just you happy few consoles. It's funny because you know this is like I don't I don't think Sam would enjoy this game at all, but I want his opinion of its Britishness so very bad because it's very 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 British. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I I uh, have put a few hours into We Happy Few since it launched yesterday. Um, uh, I'm like in past the very beginning of the game. I think there's probably a little bit more stuff for them to tutorialize, but it's largely like I'm in the open world part. Um, and so far early on, I think I dig that game quite a bit. Um, it definitely, it's interesting. I imagine that, I don't know if I'll love it forever. I can see the ways in which it could go south. Uh, the steam reviews yesterday were very strong for it. And then today have switched over to mixed and I anticipate them going to negative probably in the next week or so. Um, largely because uh, the game is costed as a full price game. Um, and it is, they're also selling a $20 season pass for it. And I think people are super pissed about that. Um, I don't know that I agree. I don't think it, it, it's, it feels like a full price game to me. I don't think it feels thin mechanically or anything so i think it's mostly just that like people thought it was going to be a 30 dollars indie game and now we're super mad that it's published by gearbox and a more expensive thing but it feels high quality in terms of the like art and design to the point where i think it deserves its spot um but for anyone who hasn't seen it it's basically like if you sort of smash together um bioshock and like a Bethesda open world style game. Um, it has a lot of that feeling with some survival elements tacked on, but I would not call it a survival game. It's not like Subnautica or anything like there's no base building. The crafting is equivalent to what you would find in something like a Bethesda game. Uh, and uh, there's a lot of exploration and stuff in it. A lot of narrative stuff. It's kind of based on this dystopian British uh retro futuristic world where the people of this town did something really terrible and they take this medication to try to forget it. Uh, that's administered by the government. Um, but I haven't really gotten that far in the story yet. So I don't know what I've seen so far is incredibly well written and incredibly well voice acted. Um, that's the part that is the most intriguing to me. And the reason why I think I will see it through, even if I sour on the gameplay a little bit. Um, otherwise the gameplay seems pretty, predictable i mean it's like combat is very basic uh just has melee combat there's no ranged weapons um but the story is really cool there's a lot of little like books to read and pamphlets to read and pick up and signs in the environment to read and it seems very rich and like well formed lots of like cool environmental storytelling and stuff too which people know i'm a sucker for so yeah. so is it like bioshock in that it is painfully like uh uh, 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 sorry, what's the term? Not open world. It's just a very linear experience. No, well, so I, that's the. Yeah, sorry. I was gonna say. I remember something coming out a long time ago that there was a lot of procedurally generated content in that game, and I want to know, like, did that make it in? Yes. So uh, that's actually the reason why I compare it to sort of a Bethesda open world, in the sense that I think it generates that stuff procedurally when you start playing, and each game does have a beginning and end. So like. It's not run based at all. It's not at all like 
roguelite in any way. They are going to be releasing a sandbox mode, which I think could be potentially interesting. I don't think that game's strengths lie in its gameplay mechanics. So I don't know that I would be interested in playing it in a sandbox mode. But it is procedural where the map itself doesn't seem to be procedural to me, but where chests and stuff pops up does seem that way um, in a way that makes it feel... I don't know if random's the right, right word, but it does feel more like surprising, I guess, than something like a Bioshock. The thing I find it, I, I really love the Bioshock series, but I find it hard to go back and play any of them because of that linearity. Um, and there are definitely things that like I experienced. I really enjoyed the stories, even given that they have some problems um, and then move on. Whereas this game, I'm, I kind of, it was kind of awesome to play through a very like Bioshocky intro sequence. And then you come out of this sewer pipe and you're in an open world and it's very much like go where you want to go. You have a quest objective, but you have a compass. That's like, there's an abandoned house over here. There's a town over here. Um, so that part is really cool. I would, I would say. Cool. One of the main complaints I've heard from people who are playing it is it feels like the story, like that they made the gameplay and then they kind of tacked on the story stuff afterwards because I mean that's literally what happened. Yeah. Uh, do, does that feel like at all the case to you? Like, does it feel disjointed in that way or? Um, I think a little bit. I think it feels disjointed in that way in sort of the same way that you might ascribe that to uh, like uh, like a Batman kind of modern hub-based Metroidvania kind of game. Again, I'm very early, but like there's kind of this like open world that has stuff to explore and little like nooks and crannies to find, like chests to open up and stuff. And then the, the last like, I don't want to call them missions because it's not like you accept the mission and then go and do it. You just, you talk to somebody and then they give you your next objective. And the last like kind of main objective that I did was to go into this uh, hideout for this, like this, this group of this gang of like basically greasers. Um, so rule. yeah, kind of. Um, so that was like, okay, so get over there and then, go in and hit a loading screen. And then I was kind of in this little mini dungeon kind of thing. And there was a bunch of sort of story stuff that played out in there. And then um, I exited that and then went back to the guy that asked me to go do it. And then I, I handed it in. So I do think that there is some, it does feel tacked on in some ways. There's also these like, because like the idea with the joy is um, the main thing that they talk about it for uh, is to, suppress memories and uh so you've basically decided to stop taking your joy uh i haven't gotten to the point in the story where you have to start taking it to blend in again but um the the in the the part of the story that i'm in um there are like these like floating masks in the environment and you touch them and then you get like a flashback memory of something so that definitely kind of feels tacked on especially because the first one i found where i found it made sense because it was related to the memory but the second one didn't really feel like it tied into the location that i was in at all um but that's sort of stuff that i think is 
because the story seems so strong, I can kind of forgive the fact that it's a little bit tacked on. Um, and I don't find the survival mechanics to be so pervasive yet anyway that they make the open world parts where you're running around collecting things and crafting things. They don't, it doesn't feel tedious yet. It feels pretty like, it actually feels like an interesting, like I go, oh, okay, I know I need to go into this hideout. So I better fill up my canteen, take a drink of water, make sure I've got some food on me. Now I'm good to go. And I kind of like that bit of management of like meters and stuff. Um, that's actually the part about, we joke about how like I say I don't like survival games uh, and then champion stuff like Subnautica. But it's because I like that management of needs, even though I don't love the crafting and base building stuff. So this game is definitely heavier on needs management and less on crafting stuff. That's cool. Sounds like you said knees management. <laughs> Manage those knees. I also really like the uh, the skill tree in the game. It feels closer to a Bioshock than like a Bethesda game. Um, it's sort of basic, but it's stuff like the first skill point that I spent was one that lets me smother people in their sleep or choke them out from behind. And Got to put a skill point into that. Yes, a lot of well, and, and That's normally the first I would thing say. You need. I would, it, it, they kind of guide you to buy that one first, but I would say that it would be very understandable if you were like, what the fuck, but it's unlike something like Far Cry in this game, your character is like, they set your character up so well. And he's just like this kind of hyper normal bumbling guy. Like he, there's, there's nothing special about him in any way. When he starts, he's not like, he doesn't really have any like real weaknesses, but he's not good at anything either so it feels okay that you have to put a skill point into like choking someone out because it's unlikely he had ever done that before uh so uh and his little quips when he like when you go to choke someone out he'll say like it's not me it's you or it's not you it's me and stuff and like he feels like really remorseful for all of the violence that he's perpetrating and it's pretty funny his his voiceover is really good so ludo narrative dissonance yeah, that's kind of my point, is it actually avoids that pretty well. So I have a question unrelated to We Happy Few. Uh-huh. And it's posed to all of you, and I'll give the first answer so you have some time to think. Your favorite skill tree in a game. And for me, I would probably say Path of Exile, just because it's Ugh. fucking huge. <laughs> like, there's like a zillion branches, and all of them go like five to ten steps. Uh, I don't know if you guys have ever played Path of Exile, but it is a free-to-play game on Steam, and it is really fascinating if you're it's into brutal. like Diablo or Grim Dawn or anything like that. It's brutal. It's super brutal, and a new season starts pretty soon. But yeah, that skill tree is nuts. Yeah. Uh, Pat? Oh, man. Um, I'm trying to remember the sort of stuff that was on the skill tree in the first Dead Rising. Um. I tend to like, I, I mean, I, I like, like, I love the way that the Skyrim skill tree is visualized and stuff, but I like skill trees that aren't just like get more health, do more damage. I like skill trees that actually like unlock game mechanics and not in a way that I think in most games you should be able to stealth kill someone from the get go. But I like games that unlock new skill mechanics that are like, now you can do some crazy thing that you would have never thought possible because you unlock the skill that's way down the tree. Totally. Uh, so I'm trying to think of a good example of that, but 
Uh, I recall Dead Rising skill tree having some bonkers stuff in it that was pretty fun. So one for Dead Rising, Allison. Um, I don't know if this is necessarily the best skill tree because I'm I'm kind of coming up with a blank. But I remember weirdly liking the one in Borderlands, um, mostly because it allowed me to really hone in on what I like to do in the in combat in a way that not a lot of well not every skill tree does um mostly because i liked really focusing hard on elemental damage um and doing and uh you know sitting at enemies and fire and things so i felt like that there's they had a very specific elemental skill tree that i was able to like put all of my skill tree points in and do well and and so it's i don't know if it's necessarily the best skill tree but that's literally the first thing that came to my mind so yeah it's not best it should be favorite I'm changing my answer. My favorite skill tree is the one from Star Wars Galaxies. Oh, interesting. It was bullshit. Like, it's so grindy and broken in so many ways, uh-huh. but I love the way that that skill tree worked because it was like, um, I talked about that Gloomhaven game a while back about like you open a box, you get a new character, and it's so cool. That's what the Star Wars Galaxy skill tree was like because it was like, I've played this class for 40 hours and now I can be a beast master. And now after 40 hours of laying in grass, shooting at, like, womp rats, I have enough skill to be a rifleman, and now I can be a sniper. That was super rewarding, even though it was not well-balanced. <laughs> uh, How about you, Andre? Well, I, this, uh, I, like, I don't know. St- skill trees never really stick out to me. Um, I was thinking like oh, Witcher Three because that's like my favorite game, but like I don't know, that Skill Tree isn't great. You know, like, that's it's not bad, but it's it's kind of one of the things that has made it hard for me to stick with that game in some ways. Is is as much as I fucking love the lore and the world, and I love the first two games so much. Part of the reason I haven't finished the third one is because I feel like that Skill Tree is kind of like inscrutable in some ways it lets you build your abilities and like do really cool unique stuff like you know you can like focus on like your sword while they were farming potatoes you studied the blade um (laughs) yeah uh, or you can like make it so you breathe fire or make like a big dome with your shield and spell and stuff like that or like i'm gonna study like potions and stuff so it gives you like you and like you can go really deep into all those skill trees so that's pretty cool but then i was thinking rogue legacy has a really good skill tree oh yeah that's good a good call oh you know my favorite to that because that that might actually be my favorite (laughs) you know speaking of good skill trees I'm pretty sure Andre's game also has a pretty good skill tree. Uh, mm. Nice. Not, mm, not, it's not really a skill oh, tree. Oh, those mutations are awesome. Yeah, That's but they're not really, I don't know, they're not really a skill yeah, tree, though. It's but, not really a skill uh, tree. But, yeah, uh, speaking of Rogue Legacy and Rogue Lights, I guess. Rogue I had to pounce on that Light? transition opportunity. Yeah, no, well, that, I mean, yeah. no, yeah, I, I, I totally didn't set that up on purpose or anything. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I've been playing Dead Cells uh, a, a bunch. Uh, I picked it up on early access last year at some point. Everyone was talking it up, and it looked pretty cool. And sure enough, it was pretty cool, but there wasn't an ending to it. Um, and there wasn't until like earlier this week, mm-hmm. like Tuesday or whatever, when it came out. Uh, 
and I have seen that ending now. And wow. hey, that game that game's real good. Mm-hmm. There's only like three bosses. Um, it's not super long currently. They have plans. My understanding is to add more bosses and more areas. I think I've seen every area and boss currently. I think there are four bosses, but you only have to fight. You only fight three in a run currently. I think. Uh, and I am working on. So after you beat it, you get like a modifier that like makes the game harder. And then that lets you get like the next modifier and that opens up like other doors. Yeah. I've only got one, so I don't know what the actual deal with that is. The first door I went into, I was like, this is it. This is all I get. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it didn't make for a super like, oh yeah, this is going to like change everything and makes it being harder totally worth it. Uh, but yeah, that's um, neither here nor there um, for the moment. Uh, the game is rogue-like light or whatever you want to call it um and where i guess it's rogue light because you take over like you can buy stuff and then you can have that come over into the uh into your next run which is what the where dead cells comes comes from the persistent currency i guess is cells and so in between each level you have the opportunity to spend those cells to buy upgrades that will like either weapons or like tools um or like upgrades to your health or not to your health to your um like health flask and which is kind of like an estus flask from dark souls um where you know it heals like a pers- i think it's i don't know maybe 50 percent of your health or something uh, and i think the max you can get is like four i think four um charges mm-hmm. um and since I had been playing before it came out in early access, or since it came out in early access, I already had like a ton of those upgrades. And so I came in, it was pretty easy to end up getting to the final boss. Um, and then like you're finding blueprints. And then when you get to the midpoint in the, or you get to like the point between levels, then you can turn in those blueprints, turn in your cells. And like, if you complete, if you turn in all the cells needed to buy a blueprint, and then that weapon will pop up right there but then also it'll become available in like future runs it'll just show up randomly in the world and spawn uh so you're constantly finding like upgraded weapons and there are like different rarities of weapon so and they'll have like so if it's like a super high rarity weapon it'll have a bunch of uh like bonus things like this will light stuff on fire when it uh when you hit enemies or this will poison them or make them bleed uh, or, you know, uh, this will crit when you're below 50% health or when you're at max health and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So they're t- like, you know, every run is different because the worlds are procedurally generated and you're getting different loot every time. And so you're, you'll end up like shit. This weapon that I don't really use is the best I've found. Like it's, just like got so much more damage than anything else so i guess i'm gonna learn how to use it right now like my first run where i got to the end boss i found a bow that you charge it mm. and then it like it's a, the arrow will be like glowing like kind of bluish and then it'll turn gold for a split second and if you let go when it turns gold then it'll crit every time yep 
So I was just like, okay, well, I'm going into this last area for the first time. I have no idea what it's going to be like. So I went in with just that bow and like some other weapon. And I was like, oh, okay, this area is not so bad because I can just stand back and crit everything and throw down turrets and kill everything from afar because everything's going to mess me up. <laughs> um, so, uh, and then like finding out like oh okay well if i use this weapon against this boss it's like way easier because it counteracts this specific part like this specific move the boss does uh and turns it against it that was really cool um so yeah I, that game's real good it feels really good to play uh, there's like a ton to unlock i don't know i maybe got like 70 percent of the blueprints maybe there, there's a lot of blueprints in that game mm-hmm uh and there's you get a you get like an ability after you beat it after you beat the f- final boss for the first time you get an ability that's like not a game changer but it does like open up a lot more stuff yep which is really interesting and i was like surprised by it. I was like what is going on here it was wild uh people should play that game cuz it's very good i'm playing on pc uh i've heard the switch version People seem to like it, but when it gets like the, f- the later areas where there are more enemies, it can get kind of framey, or so I hear. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I got it I- on Switch, and I haven't seen that yet, but I've only done a few runs, so I haven't mm-hmm. gotten terribly far, so I, I, I can't speak to the later areas. The uh, I, I don't know if I'd want to play on those Joy-Cons. Uh, yeah. I like it, but you know. <laughs> Yeah, pro controller yeah, but, would definitely be, be great for that game, though. Yeah, yeah, pro controller would be good. But I might have to I, do that. if you're like playing it on like a train or a bus or whatever, then it would be nice to be able to play with the Joy Cons. But I don't. I played like the Dragon Ball Fighters beta on Switch. That's not the way to play that game. Doesn't seem like it has least, great. For, it's great for fighting games. I don't know. Uh, especially that, that one because it's so fast and it drops frames and uh, like yeah. also it looks so good but then it drops resolution during like some moves Weird. so that's all that's all a bummer but uh, I mean you know if like the pros aren't going to play that way but people who are just like fans of Dragon Ball and just want to like mess around it's perfectly fine but yeah um, yeah Dead Cells it's real good uh, I was I don't think I think Alex lied at the beginning when he said he reviewed it because i tried i was looking to see if he reviewed it and i didn't i didn't see anything right away <laughs> so and i was gonna i was gonna plagiarize <laughs> what i said i was gonna so read his review similar to the ign reviewer it was too hard for me because i didn't hit the buy button so i just picked up a random youtuber's review and just wrote that <laughs> but i i fully intend to play that game it looks great yeah i played Go for it, Pat. I played a good chunk of it in early access, but I dropped it after I got to the first boss because I didn't want to ruin it. <laughs> like I didn't want to burn out on it before it was. They were done putting in all the narrative stuff, so I started it again today for the first time with the release content, the 1.0 content, and um, it's a really fantastic game. Uh, I haven't gotten to the boss yet, but I killed the. I got the vine growth ability. Mm-hmm. Right at yeah, the beginning. Yeah, uh, it's really good. Uh, it feels great, plays great. Um, I do wish there was a little bit more ability to customize your run going in. Um, 
like it would be nice if there was a way to like select weapons at some kind of penalty like maybe not being able to actually like advance to a new area with it or something but i I just wish i could have more chances to try out the Mm -hmm. weapons um Um, there you do get an ability later that lets you like a re-roll shop um content or shop item yeah um I still haven't unlocked that. I've been working on it, but there's so many things that I can. Yeah. It's it's overwhelming. (laughs) Yeah. It definitely just seems like a very cool, um, I don't know. It's like, it's got a lot of the like sort of spelunky sensibility, but mixed with a more engaging combat system. Cause the thing with spelunky is like, I love the idea of what that game does, but I don't like platforming as much as I enjoy like Castlevania style combat. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so dead cells is like perfect for that because it's so much more about combat than platforming. And I think that's like really, really cool. And it's really fun. Uh, and it's fluid. I love the way the canceling, like you can, it, the animation cancels are great. Um, mm-hmm. so you can really like work combos in ways that are engaging. Um, the dodge roll feels really great. The jump feels pretty good. Sometimes I feel like the double jump isn't, I wish it was a little bit higher, but, uh, I don't know. It's a great game. Yeah. Um, the the uh, segue from Rogue Legacy felt pretty apt because I loved Rogue Legacy and I played a ton of mm. that. And it, this gives me that, even though it's a very different game, it gives me that same similar kind of vibe. Um, it, just kind of in terms of how good it feels, how good the combat feels, kind of go doing your runs but also being able to carry some stuff over it's i i really am enjoying it from what little i've played of it so far yeah it's oh man it's so good yeah it sounds super great i look forward looking looking forward to trying it i imagine it's going to be i I haven't played enough of it to say for myself but i imagine it's going to be on quite a few year end lists when Mm -hmm. when that rolls around Uh, great yeah yeah uh so yeah that's kind of that for Rogue Legacy, does anyone have anything they want to talk about? Uh, there was that <laughs> Rogue or not Rogue for Dead Cells. Uh, <laughs> there was that uh, Rogue Legacy five year anniversary update, though. Wait, there yeah. was. I didn't see yeah. that. What? What did oh. they? What did they add? You can, pl- you can play with a mouse. Mm-hmm. Huh. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know what else. Did, uh, did they add some like weird effects, like the the vertigo or whatever? Uh, I, you know, I don't know. I just read that like they tr- like uh, there's a f- one fan who had been asking about mouse support, and they were like, eh, maybe I don't know. And then five years later, they added. <laughs> hey, <laughs> that guy was so, psyched. But... <laughs> I guess he was like, like there's a guy in the scene forums who was very upset that there was no mouse support in the game. That's amazing. So. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but there was that uh, Smash Direct um, earlier oh, this yeah. week. Oh, yeah. Luigi's dead. Yeah, yeah Luigi's dead. Finally. That fucker took so much from us in the year of Luigi. Um, he, he's just not just dead. His soul is forever reaved from his body. <laughs> you know, you play with, you, you go around, you fuck with ghosts like Luigi was doing. What do you think's going to happen? Yeah, it's true. It was all fun and games in the mansion, but go to Alucard's mansion, everything yeah. changes. Dracula's castle, man. 
that's crazy uh but yeah so they they added uh simon belmont trevor belmont right is that simon richter simon and richter yeah i think it's simon and richter uh they're like echo characters so they play basically the same except richter's got like purple fire um uh, let's see what else you know it's purple because it's made of waluigi he's burning waluigi in the fire or maybe the saints are gonna show up (laughs) do you think johnny johnny gat playable in smash (laughs) do you you think this means that luigi's not gonna be in smash now uh he's well no he's gonna be resurrected by necromancy and become waluigi this is actually a waluigi yeah 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 there Uh, you go it's like this this is the street fighter three of the smash games street fighter three the one in the future i don't know uh someone's dead uh yeah so waluigi dies and is resurrected and becomes waluigi luigi dies yeah yes um yeah uh let's see what else is that king k rule from donkey kong what if the rest of the time leading up to the smash launch is them like revealing characters that are murdering mario characters and then we get to smash and like actually the marios aren't just just aren't in it there aren't any characters from mario in it anymore it's all third-party characters that killed the mario characters off except for daisy mario and ridley both or not mario got killed by ridley mega man Mm -hmm. got killed by ridley right and then death just iced luigi yep Uh, yeah huh and what is King K. Rule kill anyone in the Donkey Kong trailer? I don't think so. I don't think he did. He he kind of kicks King DDD. Oh, that's right. Yeah, King DDD can't. Yeah. Who gives a shit about King DDD? No, no, no. Next, I mean, Yoshi needs to go next. I think we think that's pretty clear. Yo, yo, don't don't talk about my son like that. (laughs) You have a lot of sons. Do I? Dad? Yeah. But um, that direct, uh, I just recently finished watching it, and that that seems like a really significant game. Like, there's a lot of stuff in it. Holy crap! You can use your Switch as a Nintendo Music MP3 player. <laughs> like you can yeah. you can listen to your Switch with it, like in sleep mode. You can listen to like the music from Smash. I I saw somebody post on on Reddit saying something like. But man, Smash is the first uh, music app on the Switch. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think. I mean, it's. I'm gonna buy it. I like Smash as much as anyone who's casually invested in Smash. Um, and I, I assume it'll have better network play than any of them have in, had in the past. So, like, being able to play it online would be nice. Um, and like, I didn't have a Wii U, so I didn't play the the Smash Four on much. Um, but uh, to, to a certain extent, it's kind of. It seems like they're kind of spending a lot of time on Smash this year, which I get that that's they don't, what they, they got. Don't have anything? Yeah. yeah, I just it. I guess really what it is is it kind of bothers me <laughs> that uh, Smash is enough. I guess like I think it's a great series. I think it'll be a great game. I'm excited about it, of course. But I I it kind of it, it kind of is frustrating that it's like. Well, I just have to tell them there's Smash coming out this holiday. Then we don't really have to do anything else. 
I you mean, know? there's also Mario Party and there's also Pokemon. So, like, I, I, I feel like those they're all games that if you're not really interested in Smash, Pokemon is kind of the more casual version of Pokemon and Mario Party is, like, is Mario Party. But, but it's not yeah. like Smash is the only game coming out this holiday. Yeah, I guess. I just feel like both the, the Mario Party and Pokemon... So I here's what it is. It's that I I am ready for Switch to get something else that's going to appeal to like the the person who liked Breath of the Wild in me, not necessarily another one of those kinds of games directly, but like I feel like their answer for those kinds of players is Smash and I don't think there's as much overlap between people who really like stuff like Breath of the Wild and Metroid, like Zelda and Metroid mm-hmm. as think i think there is a lot of people in that group but i don't know it just feels like there's nothing surprising and exciting coming out of them i guess that's really what it is like for this year or for this holiday like smash is a very known quantity that pokemon game is kind of like a remix of older pokemon games and the mario party like i don't know it's just not for me so uh i wish there was something like I wish there was kind of an unknown because like Mario Odyssey was such a unique game, even though it's another Mario game, it just has so much life in it and so many exciting things to discover in it. And maybe that's, I don't know where Pokemon will be that, but it just feels like the games that are on the way are very known quantities. Did they ever give a release date to those Yoshi and Kirby games? I don't know. Uh, Yoshi, Yoshi is the next one, right? I think that got pushed to next year. I think it's in February. Maybe. Yeah, I think it's next year. Um, yep, it's been delayed to 2019. Okay. Um, let's see. Also, I think there was a rumor going around that Nintendo's looking at remaking another Legend of Zelda game. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I think it was a remake, not remaster. Skyward um, Sword, everyone's favorite. Oh, yeah. I like Skyward Sword. So do I. Uh, I like all the tutorial is too damn long. I'll I'll admit that much like Assassin's Creed Three. Why is the tutorial like twenty five hours long? Um, you know what I would kind of enjoy is a game, and maybe a Zelda game could would be the one to do this. I don't know. It would be really interesting to me if there was like a a game where, and I know the knee-jerk response to this, but it would be interesting to me if there was a game where it was like you're playing docked on your couch and you're going along and playing and then you go through a door and then it like prompts you to undock the switch and then you play a sequence that is appropriate for handheld that's like kind of made for it that uses touchscreen controls and stuff. And then there are also parts that you are playing a handheld and it says, please dock your switch because it's like designed to be played on a larger screen with like more spectacle, I guess. I don't know. Something like that could, I think could be kind of cool. Like I'm thinking about like Oracle seasons and ages, the way that they Mm -hmm. had you switch between worlds and stuff. Um, I think there could, there there would be neat to have a game that was felt like it was, couldn't be done anywhere else because of the way that it switched between being a handheld and console game. Kind of like four sorts adventures for YouTube where it's the Game Boy Advance I feel like they can't do that because 
one, I think they started selling switches without the dock. And two, that'd just be annoying for me because I don't have my dock set up. Yeah, and if there's enough... It's, it's inconvenient because I don't have the space for it. They absolutely won't do that because of those kinds of reasons. I just think it's too bad. I wish they would be more experimental with the way that they develop games for that thing. Because I think there's so many cool things they could do. And if they could say up front, as long as they were clear about it up front, then like you just didn't wouldn't have to play yeah. that game. It, um, it, it did look like Mario Party was doing some interesting and slightly weird things yeah. with the Switch. Like how you could have like multiple Switches and then like kind of arrange them in a way to like make boards <laughs> differently. That looks really neat. Like I'm I'm not saying that's the best solution, but at least they're trying little things here and there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's better than nothing. Labo's kind of that to a T also. So that's true. Yeah. Hey, hey hey Andre. What what do you hey, think of Rothalos being in the game? Uh you know, like why can't I play it? Why can't I play as Rath- Rathalos? Rathalos? Uh why why can't I play as him? Uh, are they gonna put are they gonna put Monster Hunter in the game? Like Monster Hunter has been a character in like Marvel versus Capcom. What about a Palico? Oh, dude, if that'd be like oh. a year, it'd be like an Ice Climbers type thing. You play as Monster Hunter, and then your Palico being like an attack or something. Like Every Pokemon? character in Smash Ultimate is getting an amiibo. This was really? an announcement. Yep. What if there was a Palico amiibo? Oh man. Like, uh, there, there are. I, I, you know, I'm surprised there isn't one. I know. Monster Hunter. What is the the gener- legend? What's the whatever the one? The Pokemon Monster Hunter. Hunter. Oh, I forget. Yeah, uh, I'm surprised because I've seen those amiibo, but I didn't see a Palico. Hmm. There's a there's a there is. It looks like there is a Monster Hunter Stories amiibo, but it's like and it is a vaguely cat. It's Naviro. I don't know what that is. I haven't played Monster Hunter Stories, but it's not what I want. It is a little cat thing, but it ain't no Palico. Palico. No Palico. <laughs> the cat. The Palico needs to be textured. Palico I amiibo. I don't. Wow. I don't know what that is. I have yeah, no I haven't idea. played. I haven't played Monster Hunter Stories, but uh, yeah, uh, I would. I'm. I'm interested in playing that game. Uh, they haven't shown. That training mode in Smash looks really good, and like, who would have thought Nintendo would make like maybe the best training mode for like a fighting game, where like when you hit characters, it'll show like their arc that they go through, and like Smash has I think like a more ridiculous like based on damage, people will have like different arcs for how you hit them, mm-hmm. uh, but and so it'll show like oh if you do like. If they're at zero percent, here's how much they'll get knocked back. At like fifty percent, here's how much they get knocked back. At a hundred percent, here's what their arc will look like. Other games should adopt that, even if it's just like the solo arc. Like, here's what this move looks like, or if you hit them with the heavy version, stuff like that. Yeah, I think that would be really valuable and good in other games. And just got like measurements on the screen and stuff. I don't know if like I'll actually need that stuff. I'm not gonna get that crazy, but like, good on Nintendo for seemingly making a really good training mode for a uh, fighting game, whether you think Smash is a fighting game or not. We don't have to get into that here. Yeah, I don't have an opinion one way or the other on that, but uh, yeah, does anyone else have anything they want to share? No? I don't know. Okay. 
Well, that is going to do it for episode 32 of Gaming Fix. Uh, I have been your host, Andre Cole, a.k.a. your girl's favorite Sega Game Gear game. You can find me on the internet on Twitter at CoolSlaw, C-O-O-L-S-L-4-W. Alex, where can people find you? You can find me at bit.ly, that's L-Y, slash 2, capital M, lowercase k, 1, capital N, as in Niagara Falls, 3, 6. 3, 6, 9, damn you fine. Allison, hit me with them social media digits one more time. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at W-R-I-T-E-R-S-E-R-E-N-Y-T-Y. I'm starting to watch uh, Star Wars The Clone Wars, the show, so I might be tweeting about that. Okay. I, I thought you were going to say I'm starting to watch Star Wars The Clone Wars or Attack of the Clones. And I was like, you're starting? Wait, I thought... No, I watched that last night. And this today I watched the Clone Wars movie that is aggressively mediocre. So okay. uh, not, I've heard that people like the Clone Wars show, so I'm hoping good things, but... Are you, it's really okay, current. Are you, so you're watching the current Clone Wars show? Uh, or like, not, the, like the mid-2000s one? Uh, the current-ish one. That's the one that started in 2008. The movie was basically a, like made for theaters pilot of the show oh. and it was very it's okay uh, it's I not mean, great but it's okay i feel like if it was a tv episode i'd be like oh that's pretty good if, but the fact that they're like hey this is the next star wars movie and had it in yeah. theaters is kind of like oh, i will say really i consumed good. it on netflix while starting the clone war series so yeah yeah i i, I, I just watched it um on netflix too and it was it was it was fine but like considering it like a star wars movie is not i see what you're saying yeah yeah uh and then pat where can people find you you can find me at, at on twitter at jester pc tweeting angrily at pc gamer about spoiling games in their reviews uh <laughs> <laughs> and uh you can find my website at gamingandconfidence.com okay and uh you can find all our podcasts at fix.space or on Facebook at uh, the Gaming Fix on Facebook. Uh, mash that like button, uh, subscribe, comment, tell your friends. Please tell your friends. Uh, yeah, uh, and have a nice day. And week. Or evening or week. Have a nice life. <laughs> if, if, if you don't come back, you know, I still I still want you to be happy. Unless you suck, then then you suck, and I want you to continue to suck. No, no, you know what? I don't want you to suck. I want you to stop sucking. All about positivity here on Gaming Fix. Except my computer. Work last night. What the fuck? Uh, Yeah. Okay. Uh, That's gonna do it for us. So long, everybody. (laughs) Bye, everybody. Bye. (laughs)